my dear friend, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for the whole hour. We have um, prepared for you a wonderful program with... uh, uh, some gifts also for you all. We always like to give you something and we have a wonderful book prepared for you too. Um, from the beginning, always I like to invite you to be part of this program. You know, you can send a text message to us with your question or comment, um, just a thought maybe for, uh, for us, uh, from you. Uh, let us know from where you are listening maybe also. And you can do that uh, if you text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. On the same number, we'll give you the um, book which you have prepared for you a bit later. Please just uh, make sure that you have that number um, written down, and you'll be able to send us a text message. Now uh, it's my privilege to welcome you here in the studio with us, uh, Tracy Papandreou. Tracy, good to have you with us. Hi, Nick. Always nice to be here. Look, uh, Tracy is um, a member of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Australia. Very passionate of sharing the good news, the gospel, with as many people as possible. And Tracy, I like to, from the beginning, just uh, ask you what's going to happen at the Brighton Church. Um, not this weekend, but the one after on Sabbath. Do you know something special there? Are you talking about Robbie Bergen coming to town to uh, talk to us and uh, tell us about his interesting story? And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Robbie Bergen, by the way, he's um, uh, running that uh, program, uh, uh, Faith Experiment. Experiment, yeah. And uh, Robbie has an amazing story. I mean, he's one of our um, um, bosses, to say so. Also, he's a leader of uh, in with Faith FM. He's coordinating a department. Also for Faith FM, which is great to have uh, Robbie part of this uh, ministry. And by the way, uh, Faith FM um, ministry, it's uh, blessed by you all. you praying for us, you know, you're listening to our mm. program and that's why we are here and we want you to, you know, to share with us some of your stories, your uh, experience maybe with Faith FM Radio. We're inviting you to do that. And again, I'm uh, giving you that number where you can connect uh, with us even right now uh, during the program because you can send a text message. You may not be able to ring us, you know, live, but um, yeah, send your text messages and we'll share that. The number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one and as Tracy just uh, mentioned uh, not uh, this uh, weekend tomorrow I mean Saturday but the one after Robbie will be in Adelaide at Brighton Church it's number 10 Amelia uh, Street Hove that's correct and if you like to meet uh, Robbie in person uh, make sure that you have that date um, set for for a 
a time to go to visit uh, Brighton Church and meet uh, Robbie too. Makes it sounds like I better make sure I'm in on time so I'll get a car spot. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be lots of people who want to come and see him. Yeah, and it will be lovely to to meet Robbie. Yes. But hey, we have also with us uh, today um, over the phone uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. David, do you hear us? Yes, Nick and Tracy, great to be with you once again. Hi. That's good, uh, David. Uh, for uh, those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, David De Lima is the director of Family Voice Australia for South Australia Northern Territory, and it's our privilege to have uh, him with us, you know, and just share with us a little bit as uh, as we approach the uh, topic for today. And uh, uh, David, just uh, before I'm asking you maybe a couple of questions, um, this week uh, we we approach this team uh, difficult questions about imperfect churches and I believe there are uh, quite few imperfect <laughs> churches around <laughs> and well, they're, all in, they're all imperfect uh, one way or the other because they involve human beings <laughs> and even when we look back to the New Testament we see uh, some creative chaos at times Absolutely, absolutely right. And <laughs> yeah, we dealt already with uh, some questions, David. Um, what is the church? And, you know, uh, and why does the church uh, have so many uh, hypocrites, um, church members uh, in conflict? Is it possible? And uh, also, we just the other day, you know, we looked at the abuse in the church. Is it real? And unfortunately, you know, uh, those things happen in the church. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, does the church have a future? Yes. I was just browsing a little bit on the Internet and I've seen an, um, kind of a, an article there um, about Madonna uh, and Pope Francis. And uh, Madonna is um, uh, asking for a meeting with uh, Pope Francis to talk about uh, her um, situation because she said, I'm a good Catholic. Uh, but she has been, um, um, how you say that word when uh, she was expelled or how you say that in uh, in. Uh, excommunicated. excommunicated, thank you. Uh, and it's good to have an uh, ex-Catholic uh, with us here in the studio because, yes, Madonna was excommunicated uh, three times, I believe, because of some of her songs, you know, and uh, albums. Um, and, yeah, w while I was looking at that, it's very interesting that uh, she's claiming, you know, hey, I'm a good uh, Catholic, you know, it doesn't matter what I'm doing with other things in my private life, but I'm a good Catholic and I want to um, to be heard. And she's asking for, um, uh, yeah, a meeting with uh, Pope Francis. Uh, that will be interesting to see how that goes. Yes, uh, it is certainly the case that church churches must apply uh, rules and regulations like any other group and if you if you don't follow the rules then uh, you've got to ask you know are you really in the right place mm -hmm. so uh, it's not so much that I think Madonna has been excommunicated as that she has placed herself outside of Orthodox Christianity uh, and you know I'm not I'm not here to defend the, the Catholic Church but I'm I'm speaking generally about about uh, matters of morality and I think Madonna would have had a great difficulty in just about every church that's out there, uh, given her behaviour. I mean, we, we love to welcome people, but uh, 
and, and it's not as though she can't go to church. Uh, by all means, you know, she can go, uh, but she would not perhaps be able to receive communion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and that's probably what's irritating her. But there's got to be a, a line in the sand at some point where we say, uh, look, we, we love you and we welcome you, but we, we cannot uh, consider you to be in good standing because of your behaviour. So Jesus spoke very strongly about repenting and believing, mm. and to the to the woman who who was uh, caught in adultery, he said, "Go and sin no more." So uh, that's really uh, incumbent upon all of us to examine our consciences and turn away from wrongdoing, because uh, only then are we able to to receive this this uh, wonderful gift of salvation. Jesus said, "Repent and believe." Repent means to turn away from wrongdoing. So we we often put it the other way, Nick, for some reason. We put the believe bit first and then the repent. But yeah. Both Jesus and John the Baptist made it very clear, repent and believe. Mm, that's so true, David. And, you know, uh, in in our culture and particularly in a Western society, um, it's a little bit, uh, we lost that kind of um, uh, principle, let's say, of uh, discipline. But uh, Jesus himself and the church, the early church, was quite uh, um, strong on that. Uh, what that means, because when you discipline, actually what you do, um, you help the person to really realize the situation and maybe come come back. It's almost like you discipline a child. Now, these days you are not able to even discipline a child, and you see where we are in, in society yes. today. But let me ask you, David, um, a question or two, if I can, uh, today. Uh, what's happening in our churches? Well, uh, we have some very serious problems going on in our churches. Jesus spoke about his people being salt and light, and he warned them not to hide the light under a bowl, Mm. and he warned them not to lose their saltiness, uh, as if that were possible. And if salt loses its saltiness, it's fit only to be thrown out. So this is very strong a very strong word of Jesus, but uh, unfortunately what's happening is that many things are going wrong in our society and they're happening while our churches are largely silent. Mm. So uh, this is this is a matter of great concern because we need to examine whether we are authentically salty and whether we are authentically the light of Christ uh, when this is going on. So I'm, I'm very concerned and Jesus spoke to seven churches in the book of Revelation. There are seven letters, well, letters to seven churches. And uh, uh, five out of the seven churches were in trouble. Mm. So if we were to apply that statistic today, on average, uh, it means that, that we need to really repent. And, and the great theme of uh, those letters is to repent. So uh, I'm, I'm very concerned. And Jesus spoke about uh, a church are being spat out of the mouth of Christ. So that's a very serious thing. We need to not play church, uh, but to take it very seriously. And going back to this whole matter of church discipline, it's interesting that in the book of Acts, we see a a, a fellow and his wife, uh, Ananias, married to Sapphira, and they lied to the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. and they were struck dead. So, uh, you know, these are... We shouldn't we shouldn't play around with fire, you know. This is a very serious matter to be a Christian, 
to be part of, of a church. Absolutely right. And uh, uh, something else came in my mind uh, right now as you um, you share, David, uh, about the two very strong churches, you know, in the world, the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. And uh, you may heard about this, that um, the um, uh, Pope reached out to the Russian, um, um, how you call him? Patriarch, yeah, the Kirill. And uh, because, you know, the Russian patriarch, he is uh, very much in favor of this uh, war going on. And he even went and blessed all the um, tanks and uh, soldiers yeah. and everything else. And um, Pope Francis is um, calling him and uh, ask him to stop being the altar boy. Uh, very strong. And it's a little bit of conflict there. Now, even when I said that uh, among these two big churches in the world, which the reality is that it's only one true church, you know. We cannot say that is oh, this church or the other church or the other church is only one true church, the church yes. which Jesus Christ uh, um, uh, wants yes. to to lead. Um, yes. uh, but that's that's interesting how we perceive, you know, uh, church. But I will I will like to ask you, and probably you may want to comment on this uh, if you are, uh, uh, you know. Uh, um, you know, aware of the of this conversation, um, but what is the hope for the church? Uh, then, David. Yes, you've raised a very important question. There is a terrible historic divide between what we call the Western and the Eastern parts of the church, which really translates to the Catholic Church on one side and the Orthodox churches on the other. Uh, as as time has gone on, they have started to be a lot more friendly towards each other, but this uh, this current situation will really exacerbate the divide between those two churches, and it really it, it's really to do with politics because the um, the Russian Church is not very pleased that there is now a Ukrainian Orthodox Church mm. uh, because previously it was running it was running everything in the Ukraine. So um, th- th- there's really a very strong political motive behind this, uh, which sort of piggybacks on religion, you might say. It's a bit like Northern Ireland, mm. uh, historically. Although uh, things have eased hugely in Northern Ireland, so my prayer is that uh, is that there will be conviction upon upon the Russian patriarch and upon the Russian uh, president, uh, Putin, because he's a very keen Russian Orthodox fellow, apparently, but uh, he's he's now applying his, his faith in a way which I think is very, is very uh, unfortunate, very... Um, anti-Christian and mm. uh, so that's the Pope has chosen very strong language and I, I do commend that because um, we, again we can't mess around with these things you, you, you cannot bless an army unless you are absolutely convicted by God to do so mm. and uh, conviction like every other revelation must be tested the Apostle Paul said test everything it's no good me just coming to you and saying oh, I've had this angelic visitation or I've had this dream or this vision I need to test that by scripture, and I need to test that by the community of faith. And so, uh, there's, yeah, I think the, the the Russian patriarch is probably rather a lone voice in his view here, and um, that is not the stuff of Christian conviction. And you that's, know, that's being 
a maverick. Yes, and um, there are uh, situations in in the Bible, you know, about uh, blessing. Is you know, I mean, particularly an army. If you defend your country, you know, and somebody is attacking you, you know, uh, people of God ask for protection from God, yeah. um, even when they went, you know, in in war, things like that. But this situation is very uh, different you know we live in a 21st century which uh, everyone is trying to to sort out problems on a diplomatic level and uh, yeah anyway i'm not going to go into this uh, uh, side okay. right now Too but uh, well let me let me give you, you just one more thought on that in the book of joshua when there are the two armies and there's the angel standing between them and the question is asked uh, by by Joshua, uh, are you are you for us or, or are you against us? And he said, neither. I'm I'm for God. So so it's, the question is not whether God is is with us, but whether we're with God. It's a very different question. Mm-hmm. A very good, very good observation. Thank you for uh, that, David. Look, um, this question very briefly while you are still online with us, but maybe for yeah. both of you, yourself and even Tracy, if, um, if she wants to, to bite in here a little bit, I may just uh, ask this, uh, this question, which we are going to deal with uh, today. Does the church has a future? Well, yes, absolutely, because the church we're speaking of here is not a man-made institution or a group or a club. This is the mystical body of Christ, which extends throughout time and space and of which he is the head so uh the gates of hell will not prevail against it and so we we have a great hope Uh, i was thinking just uh, earlier today that uh, on christmas day i think it was in about uh, 1800 or so there were six people in church on christmas day in st paul's cathedral in uh, london which is you know uh, you can fit thousands in there so Things have been a lot worse in terms of church participation, if that's an indication of anything. But uh, beyond that, we have this great hope that, uh, that Christ himself is uh, is preparing for himself uh, the bride. And uh, all true believers are part of that bride. Uh, and they can be found here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, uh, it does not translate to one particular group on earth. Uh, but to the individuals in particular, several particular groups, many groups indeed. I think, though, the bride's still got a a lot of um, sorting out to do before she's ready to meet her groom is is the issue. Mm. All right, and that's why we are here also to talk about this uh, today, a little bit more about the future of the church, uh, and I believe personally that the church uh, have a future indeed. And um, David, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today. Um, looking forward to see you back in the studio when it's possible. But uh, yeah. until then, may God richly bless you, David. And um, thank you. Thank I, you so I'm much. sure you are um, visiting now many groups and churches. You know, it's it's yes. a hot hot. Yes. Uh, a topic, you know, with um, politics right now and also involvement of the church. And particularly here in Australia, just approaching um, elections very soon, everyone is on, yes. it's, it's on, on his toes. Anything you want to just uh, add before we say goodbye to you? Well, just very briefly, of course, wish all the listeners a happy Mother's Day and uh, congratulations to all the mothers who are listening. Uh, we have just named uh, the the Mother of the Year, uh, Pauline Hanson, Senator Pauline Hanson. She was nominated uh, among several people who were nominated, and we've chosen her because she's been an excellent mother. And uh, I also want to commend the One Nation policies. Uh, I'm not here to defend any political party necessarily, uh, but just learned this week, and we were thrilled to learn this, that the One Nation political party has some tremendous pro-family 
pro-life policies. So uh, we're absolutely thrilled by that and we really rejoice uh, uh, with Mother's Day coming up that we're able to uh, honour Senator Pauline Hanson in that way. Thank you so much, David, and for all the mothers, yes, we also send our, um, you know, uh, greetings. And please send us a message if you like, um, my dear listener, if you may want to uh, to deliver a message via Faith FM uh, to the mothers, and you can do that. David, all the best to you. Uh, God bless you. Thank you, Nick. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And it's wonderful to be back uh, in the studio with Tracy Papandreou here on uh, Drive Time BQ&A. And this is Nick Rita, your host. Uh, my dear friend, uh, you can be part of this program today by sending us a text message to 0488880811. And uh, yeah, you can share with us a thought, uh, maybe a question, an observation, whatever you you like to do. And don't hesitate to be part of the program. Let us know where you're listening from, because that will be great to um, we'll be encouraged to continue to um, to do these programs because uh, of you guys. You're, you you are our faithful listeners and sometime you know I, we know that you're listening there are many people uh, listening to this broadcast but um, yeah uh, be courageous and send <laughs> us a text message <laughs> it's always nice to you know get a message and 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 Understand more about our audience. Absolutely, absolutely right, uh, Tracy. Let's uh, look into into this uh, question uh, today. And uh, we talked earlier this week about uh, different aspects of uh, the church. Uh, some of them uh, weren't so great, like you know, the, you approach that question like uh, hypocrites, conflict, abuse, you know. But uh, such aspects are um, necess- uh, are. Um, um, they don't really attract people. Yeah, do they don't they? really attract people. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's right, and they may even uh, yeah draw people away from uh, from the church. So, um, do you think the church um, has a future? Absolutely, um, and I, I, you know, just just going back to um, you touched on it earlier when we talk about church, we're talking about that group of people, not necessarily a building, not necessarily a denomination, that group of people who um, are convicted that Christ is the Saviour and who Christ is coming back for when he returns. I certainly um, believe that the church has a future, although it's clear as we move forward, you know, some would really quite like to see the church and Christianity die out. Unfortunately, imperfect people in the name of God have, um, you know, they've done a disservice to our faith um, in that they have, you know, done things in God's name that weren't necessarily uh, representative of what he would want to be to be happening and, and, and all of that you know turns people off but just because the church is composed of imperfect individuals whose transformation is still under construction let's say that doesn't mean that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater you know that, that just is is uh, um, an illustration of the fact that uh, we can be born again, but yet there is a journey that we have to go on and we have to allow Christ uh, to actually, and the Holy Spirit to actually um, change us. But I am um, comforted by the fact that Christ said 
that the church would prevail. I'd just like to quote Matthew sixteen sixteen to 18. And um, this is, um, Christ says this as a result of, after a discussion where he's asking his disciples about um, who people said that, that he actually was. And in the end, uh, Simon Peter um, said that... Um, uh, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I.e., he had to be born again mm. to be able to see that, you know. And, and Christ continues on, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So we know we've, we, there's, there's various parts in the Bible of various prophecies that have been fulfilled. Um, so, so this is, is something that Jesus prophesied, if you like. Uh, so we can be comfortable that, that the church is going to be around until the end of, end of time. I'd also like to point out with regards to that text is, um, that, that Christ makes it clear that the church is his idea. He says, my church. So this isn't something that, you know, somebody had a big brainwave that this would be a great idea to do this. This is his idea. It's not of any other person or thing. Um, this is his idea, his plan for his community of people who love him. Mm, mm. Absolutely right. I mean, yes, uh, you you said that that um, uh, church will will stand um, until the end, uh, based on what Christ has told us. Uh, but some might um, might find that uh, hard to believe uh, when they look around them, you know. Uh, and we just touched a little bit earlier, you know, even the conflict uh, uh, in between these major. To mm-hmm. churches, you know, um, uh, but uh, after all, uh, practicing um, Christians seem to be in the minority uh, these days. Um, what do you say about that? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that as I was preparing for today, and I was thinking, okay, outside the church, how many of my friends who call themselves Christians actually go to church and actually, you know, um, see the Bible as their standard, all of that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I did see, well, you know, I'm, I'm very much in the, in the minority. But as I mentioned before, the Bible has predicted many things before their time that at the time when it was said, uh, it didn't seem believable by the people at the time that, that these things were predicted, that they would come off. Mm. Come off. Um, look about the, the idea of the birth of the king of the universe being born into a poor family. Now, the Jews certainly didn't see that the Messiah would come that way. Right. They imagined right. that it would be something very kingly, mm-hmm. if, if you like. And um, what about the decline of Babylon, imperial Rome? That's all predicted in the scriptures before it actually happened. Yes. You know? so, so based on the past, we can trust the predictions of the Bible. But I'd also like to um, talk a little bit about um, some survey information that I, that I took a look at. So one of the surveys that I looked at was... Um, uh, Barna survey and the Barna group they do an annual survey um, of of Christians and they've been doing it for many many years so they've got the trend information there um, that um, 
their recent survey suggests that the share of practicing Christians has, and this is America, has mm-hmm. almost halved between 2000 and 2020. So it's down from 45% to 25%. And they said that half of the t- decline was due to people becoming non-practicing Christians. So they were practicing and then they just stopped practicing, but they still have the label. Yes. Um, and then another half of those moved into a non-Christian segment. And um, I really believe that some of that is happening because those of us who are, and I'll put it in inverted commas, practicing Christians are maybe not... Um, Allowing ourselves, not examining ourselves enough, not coming to the Holy Spirit, to God, and saying, Change me, transform me. And as a result, we've got the label. Yes. But we're not necessarily actually living out things the, the way we should. And people look on that mm. and they go, it's inter- yeah, it's interesting that you said that because, uh, as you pointed out to this uh, period, you know, uh, from 2000 and 2010, I think you, 20. you or 20, um, you know, in, in 2000, uh, after 2001, uh, September 11, you know, um, there was a big influx into churches, but that was not determined because of conviction, you know, because yes. you have a relationship with God, because that was a lot of fear yes. of what happened. And that's probably what happens in the churches today uh, many times uh, Tracy uh, yeah when you see churches empty it's just because uh, you know people are focusing on something else in life mm. when you see churches full just uh, and, and that variation you know in uh, just quickly uh, some churches full and empty like that it's it's not a constant walk with God if you like with Jesus you know where uh, which you which will uh, determine you to stay uh, strong in your faith and you know it doesn't matter what happens in life well we are told in the scriptures about the different seed the, the seed planted in the different ground mm. you know in terms mm. of um, the seed planted in good ground mm. will bring forth you know many plants over and over and over but then there's the the hard ground you know there's all the different grounds you know the 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 one and I'm you know I don't have it in front of me so I won't quote it yeah. properly but you know for example you know the weeds that that come and kill the plant and the worries uh, of the, the worries of, of life, the world yeah, yeah. all of this kind of thing mm. so you know that's a very interesting way to see it as well in that the majority fell away when you look at the, right. the at the at the um, the seed and the different the different grounds, mm. most of those seed actually didn't survive. Correct. Didn't grow onto a strong plant because the because the 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 earth or the if you like the the earth of the heart, mm-hmm. if we put it in today's term, wasn't in a right place. As you said, you know, sometimes people um, have a big emotional response to something and they think, you know, oh, yes, I I need Jesus. Um, And then when everything is kind of a bit better and something 
you know, that, that's got more bling comes along, you know, to distract, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really and, last. Yeah, well, you mentioned that, uh, I mean, from a farmer uh, background, because I grew up at a farm and uh, um, for generations, you know, we experienced that to work the land, you know, uh, uh, laboring there manually, most of the labor we did. And I know I, I saw myself, you know, a huge amount of uh, um, land and stuff like that and we are not that worried about that seed which uh, fall into the um, hard uh, places or rocky places or even in you know uh, tong uh, how you call those uh, bushes yeah those bushes like that Uh, we are focusing on the good land which we knew that will produce a good crop yes and you know that which falls on good ground it will uh, give results, you know, and it says the Bible thing like uh, a hundredfold. Yes. Um, and this is what we do even with uh, with a program like this, Tracy, or a ministry like Faith FM. You know, we are seeding the Word of God. Now there are there are people there hearing, but sometimes just hearing and leave it there. You know, but there are people, and I can testify that uh, right here now, which I've seen lives transformed mm. uh, by the word of God, even through this uh, uh, ministry to the Faith FM uh, media. And Nick, it makes me think about our practice before we actually even come on air. Mm. We pray for our listeners, don't we, that their hearts will be receptive to mm. to the message that is that is put out. You know, so so it's 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 vital that the heart is right. And actually, as you were talking, it made me think about. I put in a a herb garden in a section of of, of my house and uh, I pulled a couple of old big plants out and uh, I was a little bit impatient and I've got herbs that they're not dying but they're not really growing Mm. because you know the 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 earth is too clay. I put a little bit of compost on top, but I probably should have all have done all of that and done more work on the on the earth mm. before I actually planted, you know. And so the the preparation of the earth before the seed comes into it and let's say the preparation of the heart and the heart being receptive to the message of the word so that that message can come in and just you know, cut to the core and reveal to us where we need change. Um, that's just so and important. And this is the role of the church, I believe, uh, Tracy, because mm. we talk about does the church has a future. Uh, the role of the church is not just to uh, preach or to just share the good news, which is great. Uh, the role of the church is also to prepare uh, yes. the soil, you know, to uh, develop this, um, you know, uh, relationship, if you like, with one another, uh, yes. to look after each other. Unfortunately, uh, churches today, many churches are seen only like, uh, oh, you need to go to church because there is a service to the church there. Mm. And I, I applaud, you know, many churches which are um, very much oriented, like community oriented. But you see, you have to have the balance. You cannot be just only community oriented and do the social part if you don't see the good uh, seed there, you know. And you have to have this balance. I think it's very mm. important. I think you you still wanted to share a bit more with us uh, from that um, um, different research uh, that research I at, which yeah. yeah you look at. There's some Australian research from 2022 that I looked at. It was done by the um, a group called the McQuingle Group, um, and they put out a report changing this 
changing spiritual landscape of Australia. Um, and what was interesting with them was where they said um, uh, the context in which Christians and the Christian church finds itself today looks vastly different to the previous generations. The census data reflects these changes, showing that while Christianity is still the dominant religion in Australia, in recent recent years affiliation with the religion has declined in 2006 almost two-thirds of Australians 64% identified with Christianity a decade later that proportion decreased to 52% in 2006 over the same period the number of Australians identifying with no religion has risen from 19% to 30% but this was very interesting they said despite a declining proportion of Australians identifying with Christianity church attendance remains steady Mm-hmm. In 2006, when almost two-thirds of Australians identified with, with Christianity, 17% of Australians attended church. Ten years later, church attendance was steady at 16%, despite the fact that the overall number of people um, seeing themselves as, as Christians has declined. So taken together, this data suggests that the spiritual change that's taking place in our nation is not people deconverting if you like mm-hmm. from being bible believing um and church attending christians but instead there's a decline of this cultural idea of seeing myself as a christian because there's so many other messages and voices out there and this whole idea of religious plurality as well you know like one religion is right. the same as the other which yeah. which as christians uh bible believing christians we don't agree mm, with mm. with that um so I, I just wanted to throw out there that one of the things that might be happening too because there was a note in that report about how in 2020 um you know, with the emergence of COVID-19 and also with um, uh, increasingly people living a single lives, that there is a change, and you kind of referred to it as well, um, Nick, there is a change in that um, previously people always, you know, believed and then they attended church, mm-hmm. where what's starting to happen in some places is um, – the church is more so becoming um, a social kind of place. So right. people come along to connect and then maybe they'll convert. Yeah. You know, so we are seeing a bit of that happening, you know. I, I personally bes- believe that we're seeing a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, compromise happening in churches mm-hmm. where they're focusing on let's get lots of people in yes, and yes. not necessarily about, you know, do these people – you know, have a strong conviction, a strong belief. Um, and prepare the hearts uh, yeah. for, uh, for a relationship with God because that's what uh, the church should do, you know, to to prepare us all and to keep us strong, not to compromise because of the political uh, aspects, you know, and, yeah, stay strong on the values of uh, of the Bible. I think, I think you know, you have to look at history to, to kind of understand this. I think we had, you know, back in the Middle Ages, it was all about, you know, fear and, and you know, the church kind of putting the fear into to people and it was all about judgment and you know there's kind of the flip side which we see a lot of the time now with it's all about love but really we need to see all of that in balance and David referred a little bit to the fact that you know there are guidelines as well yeah so now um, uh, 
yeah, you, you focus on the, um, the West in particular through that uh, research. Uh, I understand that the situation is different in other areas of the globe. Can you yeah. share something on that too? Yeah, um, I was reading um, an article in The Economist, which was written in 2020, and they stated that Protestant Christianity is probably the fastest growing faith with at least 38 million adherents today. So that's about 3% of their population. That's up from 22 million a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And that's according to the government's count. But you can imagine uh, the idea probably is that the true number is probably much higher, um, perhaps as many as 22 million million more Chinese Protestants worship in unregistered underground churches according to a study by researchers at the University of Notre Dame. Right. You know, it's not, you know, not uh, a very popular thing to be a Christian over there. So, we can imagine that's, that 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 could be right. That there's mm. lots, lots more there. Also, too, um, a Washington Post article said that over the past 100 years, Christi- Christians grew from less than 10% of Africa's population to its nearly 500 million today. One out of four Christians in the world presently is an African. And the Pew Research Centre, which they were quoting, estimates that will grow to 40% by 2030. So we can see this real uh, dichotomy of situations happening, can't we? You know, we might look at the West and go, oh, there's a decline. And is that true? You know, there, there's kind of uh, it's debatable e- either way what's going on there. But certainly in, in other areas of the globe, there's a lot of expansion yeah, happening. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Tracy, I just want to take a break here because time is going so quickly today. Um, just reminding our listeners that uh, uh, this is Faith FM uh, uh, drive time. And we are talking about does the church uh, have a future? And... Um, we just want now to take a short break, but before that, I like to give you this free book which I have prepared uh, for you, and it's called Your Bible and You, and it's a wonderful um, uh, book. Uh, you'll like this one if, if uh, you've uh, you've got thoughts uh, about the Bible, uh, and um, you may not understand, you know. Uh, much about the Bible. This book can help you, you know, to, to look at the Bible uh, in a very good uh, in, uh, way. You just need to send us a text uh, message with the code SA43 for this book. We'll give you probably, if time allows, a little bit more information about this book um, as we go. But right now, I just want to play a song just to debrief a little bit here. And the song is called The Church One Foundation.
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Tracy Papandreou. We are talking about does the church have a future? And uh, just before the break, uh, we were just sharing uh, here and Tracy with just looking into a research there about uh, um, how the church looked today and um, yeah we are going to to see a little bit further uh, uh, some uh, comments maybe about um, yeah to see to see where the shift is but just before we do that Tracy I just want to acknowledge uh, some message coming through and uh, one of the message uh, from uh, Michael uh, it says uh, Can you read it there, Tracy? Or, sure, uh, yeah? sure. Uh, it says, Modern churches dumb down the gospel and keep it a simple gospel. We need to live on every word of God to grow. And I would say amen, Michael. I think, um, you know, the power of the gospel comes in you know so much of the understanding of the detail yes it's 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 clear that that you know there is a core message mm. but you know the the details are also where we get you know so much greater um, understanding and depth of our belief and faith yeah. uh, through through all all of of that message and i think we have this mentality of convenience you know mm-hmm. um, we do only what suits us but uh, the truth is when we talk about the bible the gospel we have to be uh, you know um, uh, very clear about it not biased uh, very simple uh, allow the bible to teach uh, to teach us because the Bible is able to do that, you know, to interpret itself and to teach us in the right way. But yeah, thank you, Michael, for sharing with us that um, text and we agree on that mm-hmm. uh, too. Now, also before the break, um, I talked a bit about the, um, this book, uh, Your Bible and You. 
And we are giving this wonderful book free to you today, um, free of charge, no obligation. You just need to send us a text message to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one with the code SA forty three. Uh, discover what the Bible says about uh, your uh, life, family, health, problems, uh, future. Learn how you can have peace and happiness. Explore the Bible's fascinating stories and find new meaning for your life. This is um, a wonderful book and uh, we encourage you to text us. Uh, give us uh, that message with the code SA43. But uh, yeah, as I said, Tracy, uh, looking into that research, Barna research, and uh, to see where the church is at, uh, uh, in the West, in the East, uh, and some other parts of the globe, you share with us about how in China, you know, uh, it's really growing, you know, the church, and m- mainly the underground church, you mm-hmm. know, very, uh, very much uh, growing. But um, why do you think this shift is taking place? Um a few reasons, but I, I just, as you were talking, I thought about what David was saying about on Christmas Day in the, in 1900, there were four people in, um, is it St. Paul's, uh, in, uh, in London. Um, so, you know, the church goes through different periods as well. Um, that's something for us to remember, but I kind of think, um, I'm talking about the West here, um, it's becoming less popular to be a Christian and mm. to stand up for the standards of morality that and 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 etc. that the that the Bible upholds. You know, I don't know about you, Nick, but um, often we're putting situations where to stand up and actually say things mm. that the Bible says is unpopular and maybe even seen as hate speech today if you stand and, and say exactly what the what the Bible says. So, you know, it's it's you're pushing against the stream, swimming swimming against the stream if you like, um, these days in becoming a Christian. But I think those people who are truly convicted by the Holy Spirit, um, you know, that that society's ideas is not enough to keep them away. Um, there was an ABC article that I read too, which was quite interesting, where there was an English journalist who he actually predicted that um, with the number of... Uh, so it was an article written in 2015, and the English journal who quoted this English journalist, um, who he said that if the number of UK-born Christians keeps sinking at the rate it has for the past decade, by 2067, Christians will be statistically invisible. You know, so this, but the ABC article goes on to talk about, um, you know, the fact that uh, what is probably likely to happen is the numbers will drop and then those who remain are those who are really convicted and will be very much involved, uh, very much um, standing for what they believe in. And so he's talking about, and, and that will then attract other people in because of that realness of their faith. So he's talking about really that there's going to be a shaking, you know, that, that goes on. Um, 
so those who are going to church for traditional cultural reasons, that will di- just die off, whereas those who are truly born again and truly convicted of their faith will become more involved, more true to their beliefs, really step up to what their beliefs and the Bible says. And this realness will attract those who are looking for truth in a world of no absolutes. My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. Mm. You know, some people are really looking for... Um, for, for the real truth. Um, and when we're real about our faith, when we're living it, that enthusiasm that we have does attract other people. And, you know, perhaps also life's too easy in our Western world for many, and so many don't feel their need of a saviour. While in poorer nations, so China, Africa, the struggle uh, is more evident and people are looking to hope beyond their current struggle. Maybe that's uh, a reason for that shift that's taking place. We're told that there's going to be future difficulties coming on this world. Um, so I believe this will cause those who have their heart open to turn to the Saviour. And that's about that soil that we were talking about before, the heart having, you know, being prepared well. Especially when they see true Christians remain hopeful and in fact being filled with greater hope as they understand these difficult signs as a sign of the nearness of the coming of Christ. All right. So you are saying that those who do truly believe will become more serious about what they believe and this will attract others. Yeah, I, I believe that that's the key in mm. attracting people mm. to the church is, is actually our lives being a witness. Um, and Matthew 9.17 talks about the need for being born again, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins will break, the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Those who are just trying to be a good Christian mm. without being born again, without having the new wineskin, in the end that's just too difficult and in James 2 14 to 20 we're basically told about you know it's 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 no good to just have the words and the faith when when we really have taken it in on board it changes our lives and it changes our actions and we see a balance between what we see what mm. we say and what we do okay not to be Christians by only by the name you know but yeah, uh, uh, yeah what do you say um, we the label a, means nothing if right. the heart doesn't follow and the actions don't follow yeah we sometimes we say in our language we we preach water and we drink wine uh, or sub, something like that but um, hey look uh, we may just um uh, conclude here, Tracy, if we can uh, today. Um, yeah, are you able to just summarize quickly what we talk? Sure. And if you have another passage in the Bible, maybe to to look at, uh, that will be great. But yeah, we want to just uh, conclude in a minute. Okay, I, I just wanted to um, quote the the passage of the the parable of the wheat and the tares, which talks about the fact that you're going to have, you know, those who are true to God and those who are not true to God living side by side until the end of time. Um, another parable he put forth to them saying, this is Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. 
So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but mm. gather the wheat into my barn. So we're always going to have, you know, that that mixing of, of people who are fully on fire for God and those who are, you know, not so sure then until the end. Let's not be discouraged if you see something's going on in the church, you know. Yeah. Uh, you need to choose yourself for yourself, not to be influenced by uh, some of the negative things going on. But the message is for us all, being part of the church, you know, to live a, a life, uh, a true Christian life rather than to be a stumble block for um, any any person out there. The church has a future because Jesus promised that will prevail, will uh, never fall. You know, he's the the head of the church and uh, you may be encouraged my dear listener that uh, uh, God will take you through. Even if you have some experiences in your life maybe that uh, that cause uh, you to maybe walk away from church or uh, um, yeah, uh, stay away. In, but in those situations, they should just take it in prayer to God. Amen. Let amen. Him lead them. Hey, uh, this is all we have for today. Unfortunately, time was very quick uh, today. But thank you for joining us today. I'm inviting you to come back um, when we are going to to look at another beautiful uh, subject: uh, wealth and the church. And uh, no wonder uh, that some churches are very rich, but we are going to discover uh, some things there. But until then, may God richly bless you. And I'm inviting you very quickly for a program. If you are uh, in the Victor Victor Harbour area here in South Australia, starting on the 21st of May, a wonderful program, Amazing Discoveries, uh, Ancient Mysteries, Reveal the Future, and that that's with our friend Mark Wilson. And at 3.30 in the afternoon, if you like uh, to go there, you can ring Suzanne 0413 Or you can ring Mark himself at 0400 May God richly bless you and uh, see you next time.